Let us pray. Lord, we ask now, as your word is about to be read and proclaimed, that you cover us in grace. And that your grace will meet us in our time of need. That your words will ring true for us. That they will resonate with us. And that they will somehow speak light and life into our lives. Lord, we ask that as your word is read, that your Holy Spirit will make the words come alive for us. That they will come off the page. That they will reach some hidden part in our hearts that deeply yearns and needs to hear what you have to say to us today. We ask that you clear away all distractions, that everything that competes for our attention even now in this moment will be washed away, and that we will spend time in your truth and in your presence. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Please stand if you're able for the reading of the word. Our scripture today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 23 through 29. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. The past few weeks we've been talking about the sonship of Jesus. We've talked about Jesus as the Son of Man, what that means, that He can identify with us and our humanity. Last week we talked about Him as the Son of God. That his power, even though he was fully human as he lived here on earth, he is also fully divine. That he has all the power of of God. And if you think back to Easter, we talked about uh, the sun rising and how his victory over sin and over death is what gives us victory. But today I want to talk about something a little bit uh, more uncomfortable. I want to talk about what it's like... To wonder where the sun is. What happens when the sun is hidden? What about when those, we go through those times in our life where we feel like Jesus isn't relating to our human needs? 
Jesus isn't providing the power that we need to get through something. Jesus is not giving us victory over something that we desperately need victory over. These are tough questions to ask. What about when the sun is hidden? Where is God when we need him and we cry out to him and sometimes it doesn't seem like he's answering? There's a lot of resistance to asking these questions sometimes. Maybe we feel like our faith is weak if we don't sense the presence of God in the midst of our trials. And so we kind of brush it off and we try not to think that way. Sometimes there's pride in not wanting to admit that we can't find God in a situation. But be careful about that because pride is the enemy of faith. The very essence of faith itself is the willingness to forego our pride, to surrender our pride, and simply submit to the will of God and trust that He is there, even when our feelings and our emotions can't comprehend it at that moment. In this passage that we just read, the people went looking for Jesus. This happens right after he had just fed them. He had fed, the the day before, he had fed thousands. It was a miracle. And they had seen him as the son of man. He identified with their need for hunger, their, their need for food in times of hunger. And he ate with them as a human being. But he also showed them that he was the son of God and had the authority of heaven by taking the food blessing it, breaking it, and feeding the thousands. And they recognized his authority in doing so. And so Jesus had supplied for them. He had met them in their time of need. And here they were the next day, and Jesus was gone. And they didn't know where he was. And they went in their boats. To their credit, they went, they got in their boats, and they searched for him. They were seeking him earnestly. He was just here. We experienced him. We knew him. He met our needs. He showed us uh, uh, that he cared. He showed us his power. But now he's not here. Where did he go? And these are questions that we might face in our own lives sometimes. When we get sick and it doesn't seem like we're getting better. Or we have loved ones that are sick and they're not getting better. Or maybe we've been oppressed or treated unfairly. Something has happened wrong to us and it's not being vindicated. It's not being made right. And we say, well, I've experienced Jesus before. I've experienced God's work in my life. And I know Jesus loves me. I know he cares. So why do I feel like I'm going through this alone? It's not wrong for us to ask that. It's not wrong for us to cry out to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The psalmist did it because it was a very real human emotion. And Jesus, as he was on the cross, echoed those very words from the psalmist, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because Jesus knew what that human experience was like to feel isolated and abandoned, just as we sometimes do as well. Some of the greatest saints throughout the ages have asked that same question. They've prayed, they've cried, they've sung about, they've written about what is called the dark night of the soul. Where we feel alone, where we feel we are are constantly lurking in the shadows and we can't find God in the situation. 
I'm sure most of you have heard the familiar poem about footprints in the sand where the writer says that I went through life and there were times where Jesus wasn't there and I look back and, and I see that there were times there were only one set of footprints. And I asked him, why? And of course Jesus says, those were the times where I was carrying you. But we don't always understand that. We don't always feel that. Thank God that he is not as fickle as our own feelings and our own notions. A very comforting psalm, a very familiar psalm, is the 23rd psalm. It's one that people usually ask to have read at their their funerals or a loved one's funeral. And one of those verses say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Now, if you break that verse down and you really think about what it's saying, it's saying that God is always with us. And we know that because he promises that to us throughout the scriptures, Old and New Testament. But if you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, death, you may not see him because you are in the shadows. But if you think about what a shadow is, a shadow cannot exist unless there is light. If you were just walking through perpetual darkness, that would be one thing. But we don't walk through endless perpetual darkness. We walk through shadows. Or sometimes we just simply can't see the light. But even as we pass through those times, even as we pass through the shadows, the Son of God and the Son of Man is still with us. This passage where these people come and they find Jesus because they've wondered where he's gone. As I said, it happens right after he has fed them the day before. But in between, if you look at the context of of these passages, in between Jesus feeding them and then them looking for Jesus the next day, there's this story sandwiched in the middle of the disciples getting in a boat that evening And getting lost in a storm, Jesus was not in the boat with them. But Jesus was up on the mountain praying, and he saw them from afar. And he came through the storm, walking on water to them, and he spoke the words, It is I, do not be afraid. You see, for the disciples, they thought this was the end. They were in the midst of a storm, and Jesus was not with them. At least that's what they thought. They thought this journey was theirs alone, and there's no telling where he was. But he saw them the whole time. He was on the mountain, praying for them, watching over them. And when he looked and he saw them out there helplessly tossed about in the midst of the storm, he got down there and he walked to them and told them, do not be afraid. We can't always see the sun. But that doesn't mean it's not there. I remember when I was a kid, I, I remember clear as day, this moment of epiphany. I don't remember how old I was. I was maybe Hannah Claire's age. Maybe a little older. But I always thought whenever there was bad weather, whenever it was cloudy or rainy, that the sun just didn't come out. I thought like the sun didn't come out this morning or maybe it, it came out just a little bit, not as much as it normally does. But I remember one day riding in the back seat of my parents' car and looking up at the sky and it being clouded over, being dark. And then there was a crack between these two clouds 
and a beam of sunlight coming through. For the first time in my life, it clicked. The sun was up just like it was every other day. It's just that I couldn't see it beyond the clouds. But the sun was there. It was still there, just like it always was. And it's the same thing with Jesus. Sometimes we are clouded by our own fear, by our own circumstances. Sometimes we are clouded by our sin. Sometimes we are clouded by our lack of faith. There may be a number of reasons. Sometimes we're clouded and we just don't know why. But he's still there. Waiting to pierce through those clouds. When the people came to Jesus, they had been seeking for them. He said to them, they they asked him, what is the work we should be doing? And he said to them, this is the work of God. That you believe in the one that God has sent. That you believe in me. So they're saying, what is the greatest thing we can do? What can we do to be people of God? And he's saying, above any Righteous act above any act of piety, above any good deed you can do. This is the one work that is of God. That you believe in the one that God has sent. Whenever Jesus speaks in superlatives, we need to listen. He said the greatest commandment was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. He said that the first thing you should seek is the kingdom of God. That is the greatest priority. And here he is saying the greatest work is to believe in the one that God has sent. Yes, there are storms in our lives. There are times of hunger. There are times when we will be passing through the shadows. But the greatest thing that we can do is not any one act of kindness or righteousness. Our greatest deed is to simply grow in faith. And if faith were easy, of course, we would never grow in it. Anything worth growing at, anything worth getting better at, requires perseverance. I wanted a guitar so bad when I was younger. I kept, and I imagined in my mind that I was going to get this guitar, and I was just going to write all these songs, and I was, it was going to, I was going to be great at it. And then I got one finally, and I didn't know what to do with it. And it sat in my room for probably a year, and I would pick it up, and I would kind of pluck on one string. And, but I wasn't fooling myself. I knew that I didn't know how to play it. And even now, after playing it for years and years, sometimes I feel like I have two left hands. But I know the only way to get through that is to persevere. If I want to be better at it, I have to keep going at it. I have to keep persevering through it. It's the same way with our faith. There are times where we just don't know where we're going. We don't know which step to take. We feel like we're going, we're walking in shadows. But Christ wants us to grow in our faith, to continue to believe even when it's hard to trust in Him. There are no shortcuts to anything in life, and our faith is is no exception. We have to grow in it. We have to be made strong in it. So I want to ask a question, which is more important? Which is it that God is trying to do? Is he trying to make us happy or is he trying to make us holy? Sometimes we ask God, where are you? Why are you not answering me? Why can't I see you? Because we are depending on him for our happiness, for our physical needs, our immediate needs. 
But sometimes what God is desiring is for us to grow in our faith and, and to become more holy. A tree that grows in a greenhouse has all the perfect conditions. The right temperature, the right amount of sunlight. And it'll grow and it'll blossom. But then if you were to take that tree out and put it outside, the first time a storm comes, it'll snap. It's weak. It's grown up in the ideal conditions, and so that's all it knows. But a tree that grows on the top of a mountain, where the wind whips it about, where the rains beat down on it, where it endures storms, days where it looks like the sun isn't even there, but it is, still providing the warmth that the plant needs to grow and survive, that tree that has survived that weather, its wood is strong. It has persevered. And it's the same thing with us. If we were to just simply survive in ideal conditions where we are happy, our faith is not growing. But on those days when the sun seems hidden, where it seems like the storms are beating down on us, maybe that's when God is growing us the most. Maybe that's when He is trying to make us holy. He's trying to lead us back to that one work that is of God, and that is to put our belief and our trust in Him. Jesus told the crowd that searched for Him, Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. That's a promise. It may not seem like He is giving you the food that you want at the time, when we are consumed and concerned and distraught over our physical needs, but He will always be there to supply our eternal needs. He is there. Seek Him. Just as these people did when they said, we've experienced Him before, we know His power, let us go find Him. Go find Him. Seek Him. In your darkness, seek Him. In your storms, seek Him. In your loneliness, in your illnesses, in your times of trial, seek Him. And in all your seeking, know that it is the work of God for you to believe in Him. He is there even when He seems hidden. And in the midst of your storms, He is coming to you. Do not be afraid. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that you grow us in our faith. Although the conditions are not always ideal, although they are not always exactly what we would like, Lord, we ask that you give us the faith to believe that you are there. Even when you seem hidden, even when our doubts creep in, even when our judgment is clouded, our feelings and our emotions let us down. Remind us again and again that you are with us even as we pass through the shadows. And as we pass through those shadows, Lord, we ask that you hasten toward us. Make your way toward us so that those shadows will not continue to grow long, but that they will shrink in your light. Grow us in our faith, Lord. Grow us in our trust in you as we journey 
with you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please turn in your hymnals to page 12. As today is Communion Sunday, I want to remind you that the table up here is not my table, it's not the church's table, it's God's table, and all are welcome to it. Because as the invitation says, Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, 
gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy, and living sacrifice and union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.